What is going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Wizards of Gallery Place podcast. Brendan and Damo back on the show with you, and today we are going to be talking the John Wall trade for... I mean, everyone at this point knows that John Wall and a protected first-round pick yesterday were dealt to Houston for Russell Westbrook. Um, Let me get your immediate thoughts on this. Yeah, so... (laughs) Yeah, yesterday was a was a interesting day for me. I mean, when it first broke, we had already heard the rumors and stuff and gave thoughts on it. Uh, but when it actually happened, it was just kind of like shock, disbelief. Like, it really did it. And then when I first saw a first-round pick included, I lost it. I lost it. Mm-hmm. Then when I saw, you know, it came out, the protections, I'm like, okay, so that's really like, more than likely a low first-round pick that they could end up conveying. Um, so it's really, really a one-for-one swap to me. Uh, and, I, and I guess you know, that's the best you're going to get for a John Walter in two years. That's cool. It's just it's just a fit. You know, we've seen that wrestle. Kevin Durant, Hart, Paul George, Oladipo, Melo. And this netted him what? So if it didn't work with them, how are you now trying to convince this fan base that it's going to all of a sudden? So we'll see. We'll see. But that was that was my initial when I flipped tickets. I think that the um the thing with this move is that reports came out a couple to a few weeks ago. I can't remember exactly. So everyone's had time to I think in some aspect, just kind of process the move and like just come up with their own opinion on how they think it's going to affect everything. So by the time the trade came out, like, yeah, it was shocking to an extent, um, but it, it obviously wouldn't have been as shocking as if it, as if like if we were to not hear anything about it and then was just blindsided us out of nowhere. So, um, I think we had a recent understanding of what a deal was going to look like. You knew that the Wizards weren't going to give up too much. Um, just And like we said on the episode last time we talked, and then when I talked with Quentin last week, neither Wall um, nor Westbrook had really any trade value. So the fact that the Wizards were able to dump someone that hadn't really played in a couple seasons for – a guy that is going to be a Hall of Famer for a guy who has a pretty good shot of making all NBA and then to really only give up a protected first round. I mean, they, they could have done worse. Um, that's all I'm going to say about it. It makes the team, you know, that much better or better. Long-term. It's just, you know, player for player, you know, you probably increase your, your floor regular season wise couple, five to six, seven. But ultimately, I don't know what this looks like in the playoff. I don't. Um, unless Russ comes back, this reinvented player, I'm just not seeing fit. But we'll see. All around, it's just kind of a, again, I, I know I just said it's not hard to process, but in terms of to how it's going to translate on the court, it, it is sort of confusing just to see because if we heard all about uh you know the team is Beal's team and you want Wall to take a more of a, a backseat approach, 
I think that made more sense than bringing in a guy who's going to have, I mean, at least before we start seeing them play is going to have a high usage rate. Um, So I don't part of the reason he wants out of Houston is because he's not getting the touches that he wants. So, you know, he said that he wants to go back to a system. So you're bringing that to DC with previous coach and you're trying to convince Beal coming off 30 30 point per game season that you know he's the guy I don't know it just don't really make sense to me but again we're gonna see (laughs) yeah and so um I think so, so when this all started pretty much um this must have happened over time where Ted really just didn't want Wall to, to be here much longer because we knew that the gang sign thing came out and that was kind of the last straw, but that's not the only thing that turns an owner off and says, okay, we got to trade this guy. So this had to have been building up for months, if not years. Um, and yeah. there were, I don't remember which article I saw this in, but there were, there were concerns about how seriously Wall was taking his uh, rehab. And um, we had heard forever that, and whether Wall and Beal are cool on and off the court, I mean, it really doesn't matter at this point, but we had always heard that there was a little bit of a rift between them. Um, and so I think fans over time were just kind of overthinking things. And like I said last night, between all the noise we've heard in the past and then Tommy coming out, and saying, oh, it's it's no, it's Beal's team this, it's Beal's team that. We're trying to build around Bradley. I think fans are just overthinking it. But really, Tommy has made it pretty clear um, what his intentions were and was able to get a deal done. And I know that he came out in that presser um, a week ago or whatever and said that they had no interest in dealing him. They hadn't had any talks, but... You can't just go out there and say that, yeah, we're looking to deal him because yeah. at that point you lose leverage. And even if, um, you know, you do say that, what if a deal doesn't go through? And then you have fans and other players concerned that you have a guy on your roster who, one, doesn't want to be there. And then, um, two, I mean, fans know a guy's on the roster that doesn't want to be there. And, and you don't want to put that kind of product out there on the floor, so... Um, I figured a move would get done eventually, and I figured this would be the one out of all the ones that were proposed because I don't think Blake Griffin made a ton of sense. Um, I I liked the Mike Conley one if we were to get some sort of draft compensation back. I think that would have been okay with me as well. Um, yeah, but that's, I mean, that's the move I would have preferred. They, it, this, the, the tea leaves have been put out there on wall, off the court plenty of times before, and I think they look at Bill kind of juxtaposed and they see a guy who's mature well beyond his years. Like, you talk to anybody regarding Bill, that's the first thing they talk about, his maturity. Um, you know, he's got, what, five, six brothers uh, mm-hmm. that, that'll that be in his ass if he ain't on a straight, straight and narrow path. He's married, he's got kids. You know, he's kind of in that traditional conservative uh, uh, lifestyle and they look at that and they see that as a guy we can prop up and guys will follow. Whereas Wall, 
his personality is totally different than that. Like he, he, you know, that doesn't make him a bad guy. He's just different. And this doesn't, that's not everybody's cup of tea. So, you know, I just hate that it had to happen like this. I feel like Tommy said some things that he didn't really need to say on that Zach Lowe podcast. Zlow didn't, Lowe didn't ask him who team was. Like, he just volunteered that information. Like, and I'm sitting there like, okay, well, why are you saying this? Well, now we know why, you know? Um, and it's kind of just like, you know, like for Wall's standpoint, play for a team 10 years, play injured for them when you shouldn't, you didn't have to, to save Ernie's job and cover up for some of the mess ups he's done. Um, mm-hmm. And then it's like, you, you finally take the necessary time off to heal your body, get all the way right. And as you're doing that, your GM is supposedly shopping. And it's like, damn, okay, well, get me the hell out of here then. And once the, once the trust, you know how wall is, once the trust is broken, that's it. You couldn't, yeah. you couldn't bring him back to camp. You had to train him. People talking about, like, wall and the whole, like, Tommy Shepard wants people with good character and all this kind of stuff. I know that that video was not a good look, but... To me, at the end of the day, the the name of the game is you need to win and you need to put a winning product out on the floor. As long as your personal stuff isn't affecting my basketball operations, I don't care what the hell you do. Um, and, and let's not like pretend, and this isn't to meant to come off as any type of way, but let's not pretend that John Wall is the only guy in professional sports that may or may not have some gang affiliations and this doesn't this isn't just for professional sports like this is for all employers across the world across the united states like i mean there's people everywhere that may not necessarily have the best pastor the best affiliations but at the end of the day if it's not affecting your product and your business i'm just and this isn't anything new about law that we didn't already know we've known about this for years so if that's the case why wasn't he moved earlier when you probably right. could have got something back for him. Um, so I guess let's talk about the other side and how this affects the Rockets. And I'll say this, and other people found it sus as well, but when DeMarcus Cousins signed with them ha- however yeah. long ago, I was like, hmm, that's... More tea leaves. <laughs> yeah, I didn't think that that was something that should have went unnoticed. So... Yeah. I definitely thought there was something up there. I, I was thinking about it, and I was like, well, the Rockets really didn't have a center. He was – and the center market was getting kind of dry at that point, so if they were just looking for a cheap guy, I get it. But at the same time, I was like, they just signed Christian Wood. There's no way that they felt that desperate to go out there um, to sign a guy who was coming off, again, a- another – really bad injury. So I, I thought it had yeah. something to do with wall and, um, you know, here we are, but obviously I think that coach Steven Silas now has a good roster. Um, his first year, he's going to have, uh, an all-star and two former all-stars in his starting five. And then you paired that along with Christian Wood, depending on what they want to do with PJ Tucker, if they want to keep him off the bench as the backup center or what, um, but I mean, I you're they, talking I about. I think they go more traditional. I think they're going to get him out of playing center. Um, okay. With, with Tucker, I think he's going to be more power forward, small forward. 
uh, I think they're going to get back to a more traditional balanced roster because that that garbage they was trying last year. I mean, we knew what that was going to end up being. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, you're talking about a starting five right now of Wall, Harden, Daniel House, um, or Eric Gordon. I think that they'll ultimately go with House. And then Christian Wood and DeMarcus Cousins. I mean, that's not a bad starting five at all. Now, where it gets a little bit tricky is where you go to their bench. Because, like I said, depending on who you want to start, you'll either have Daniel House and Eric Gordon. Uh, for the sake of the argument, we'll just say Eric Gordon is their sixth man. And then you have Ben McLemore, who will be back. And then um, Gerald Green, but those the, all those guys kind of play the same position. They don't really have a big off the bench. I mean, again, you have PJ Tucker, but I mean, they really don't have a backup five right now. So they'll I mean, probably, yeah. See, I don't know. Like, I was just looking at their roster. I feel like they could use another big because, like, is Wood a power one. forward or is he a center? Because I thought he was a center. Like, that's where I saw his numbers like explode is when the Pistons was running him at the five. And then, you know, he's quicker. He's going to be quick, way quicker than most fives. He's going to be more skilled than most fives because he can shoot, put it on the floor a little bit. So I thought that's what the Rockets' intention was. I don't know. And then maybe they go P.J. Tucker at the four because you need that defensive presence. House at the three with Harden and Wall. And then off your bench, you got Eric Gordon and Boogie. Right, but I don't. I don't know. What, I mean, because you think you think Boogie is ready to be a starter coming off all of those injuries. I think that they're just going to for for the name, for the brand. Yeah, this was definitely possible. Yeah, <laughs> I could definitely see that, especially now with Wall being there. Um, I don't know. I would. I would hate for them to try to like push Boogie as a starter. You know, playing twenty five plus minutes and then he get hurt again. Um, yeah. But again, uh, they see. have no other big, you know? Yeah, because I, I mean, what do you think Wood? Do you think Wood is more power forward or more center? I personally would give him more of a bulk of the minutes at the four, but I would definitely use him a lot as a small ball five, absolutely. Um, but I would, I would be more comfortable with starting him at the four. And if you talk about more of a traditional style of play, I think it makes sense to put him more at the four than the five. Because I'm just thinking about, like, when they play teams like like the Celtics, like, they running Jason Tatum at the four. Like, you're going to have Christian yeah. Wood trying to guard him. You know, like, now the four spot has really become a glorified small forward at this point now. Like, it's, you know, like Siakam, these guys, Siakam, Giannis, Tatum. Uh, I mean, these guys could, you know, 10 years ago would be small forwards. But they're yeah. basically playing the four now. So it's like, do you put a guy that really is moves more like a five at that spot and kind of, you know, you give up that quickness advantage? I don't know. I, I, I'm curious to see how they, who starts and how they, how they, if they done even with that roster, because I don't think they done yet. Because who's their backup point guard? I, I guess Chris Clemens. Um, would be my guess, but Yikes. I mean, if you're talking about what they have right now on the roster, I mean, you're talking Eric Gordon, which yeah. I would want to use more off ball in a shooting role. I wouldn't yeah, want to. Sure. So maybe this is a situation where like Harden will play a lot of minutes with the bench and run that point. Um, when Wall maybe, isn't in yeah. the game, yeah, yeah, they just stagger him, right. 
Because you could start them both and then like maybe you then you take out John and you have hard you have Harden play all twelve minutes of the first quarter and then a couple minutes of the second quarter and then you bring Wall back in and then you bring Harden back in with like four or five Gordon. minutes left yeah. to go. Um That's, that makes sense because Eric Gordon could play with either one of them and then you can move Harden to the one. Yeah, right. That makes that makes a lot of sense. So you really don't need a backup point guard. Um because that would mean both of them not on the court at the same time. And I don't think they're going to try to do much with both of them. I, I don't think it's going to be a lot of minutes played with both of them not on the court. So No. Um, but also, I mean, and back to what you were saying, there's no way they can be done with this roster because the front court right now is, is, is not good. It's not good. And to compete in the Western Conference, like with a team like – with the Lakers who are going to have solid bigs, with the Clippers who are going to have solid bigs, the Nuggets are going to have long, lengthy, uh, solid bigs. I mean, you have to add more in that front court. I'm not sure what the free agent market is looking like right now or what possible trades you can make. I mean, the only way I think at this point they can get a decent big back in a trade is if you trade like Eric Gordon or something like that for another big, but then you lose a major part of your offense. So Yeah, I think they keep um, Gordon. I mean, Dwayne Dedman is out there. Maybe they go get him or something. Um, maybe. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Because I'm, I'm looking on Roto. I'm seeing, I'm looking at their depth chart. You're right, though. <laughs> their front court is pretty sad. Looking. Especially if you're talking about trying to play against the Lakers. Yeah. <laughs> That's and I guess, <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're not stopping nobody from getting to the rim with PJ Tucker no. and Christian Wood Cousins as your front court. Like that's no, that's layups all day long. Yeah, Anthony Davis is gonna have 50 points. Um, <laughs> Come on, man, LeBron gonna have about that's gonna be a dunk contest for LeBron. Yeah, um, so they definitely need to add. Oh, I guess um, oh, I also forgot this. The Rockets have Jaron Grant now, so maybe he'll be um, kind of a backup point guard there. I forgot about that. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, because they don't need, like, they don't need, like, an issue for a team level type guy. Because, you know, Harden and Wall will get most, Harden and Wall Gordon will get most of those. So that, that, that could work. That could work. They don't need, yeah, they don't need a high level backup. They just need somebody that can give them about 10 minutes. You know, but yeah, the front but, court is the front court is an issue for sure. Defensively, I'm just, I'm looking at their roster right now. I mean, they really don't have any bigs that they can put out there. I mean, they have Kenny Wooten who will be back, um, who was formerly with the Knicks, and then I mean they have Kenyon Martin Jr. But I mean those guys Shit, you can't yeah. count on to be a significant part of your rotation because all the guys that would play on other teams that are on their bench are all wings. I mean, like I said, you have um, Ben McLemore, you have uh, Eric Gordon, you have David Nwaba, and um, yeah, yeah, Joe I mean, Green. Just, just just in the West, like who's guarding Jokic on that team? You gonna put Christian Wood on him? I know you're not gonna put Boogie on him. I mean, uh, they either have guys <laughs> that are too slow or too small. Right. <clears throat> exactly. Exactly. And like you just said, I mean, Anthony Davis, he's going to have a field day. Um, 
I mean, even if even you play in the Clippers, like Zubac, who guarding Zubac? Like Zubac is skilled and he's big. You know, yeah, like, they have no one. <laughs> like, uh, I'm just looking through rosters here, like in the West. Shoot, even the Pelicans got Steven Adams. They ain't got nobody that could guard that man in the paint. Yeah. Um, and, then, and then also, I mean, the Jazz got Derek Favors back. So um, the Jazz got – and then they also have Gobert. So, I, I mean, again, just in the West, I mean, they're clearly lacking in the front court. And the guards and the wings, I think they'll be fine matching up with mostly anyone. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, yeah, they're good there. But that front court, nah. Yeah, they got to find a way to get an upgrade there. Um, I wonder if they do something to try to maybe get Al Horford. Um, I don't know what, how much money hmm. they got on books. I guess that'd be a good fit. I get because he's on. He's with OKC now, right? So yeah. Um, yeah, maybe since they've gotten so many picks, that maybe the Rockets would maybe try and flip this first round pick that they got. Uh, from Washington, right. maybe they could try and flip that for Al Horford in some sort of package, but yeah, because OKC um, is sitting with Al Horford and Ariza, and that, that right. just stands out to me. Like those guys don't need to be on that team. No, so, and I was just about to bring up Ariza too as well. I thought he was on OKC too. So I mean, those are two guys right there that, and I'm not sure how you make it work money wise at this point. Eric Gordon would have to be included um, in the deal at that point, but. Maybe they could work something out. I'm not sure. Um, yeah. well, I had to look at the money. Yeah, but anyway, let's get away from the Rockets. Let's go back to the Wizards here, as we are. Well, this won't be an official um, pre-camp pod, but kind of give a little bit of an outlook here. I talked about it a little bit with Quentin on the last episode, but um, the one thing that you and I both said was. They needed to upgrade a starter at the three. And Denny's cool. Yes. Troy Brown's cool. <laughs> Isak Bonga is not so cool. And Jerome, <laughs> Jerome Robinson is... He's okay. We said that if either of these guys are starting on opening night, we may have a problem. Right. And guess who's going to be starting on opening night? It's going to be one of those four. And so it's not doom and gloom for me but i just don't see how you can take this team seriously in terms of seriously like competing in the east for an eastern conference finals visit with someone starting at the three and the with the caliber that those guys have it's just i think that they're good enough to get to the second round maybe but I mean, right now, that's the ceiling for this team, in my opinion. I I still think that I think the Westbrook trade will get them to the playoffs, maybe as a seven or eight. I mean, maybe they could be a little bit higher, but um, I definitely don't think they're going to be like a top four, top five seed or anything like that. I think that those other teams are going to be too good. Yeah. Um. Yeah. My 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 thoughts on it hasn't really moved. Like I, you got. You got the Bucks, you got the Nets for sure. You got the Celtics, um, the Heat. Philly. Well, I, I, I'll say this. I'll say these four teams to me are like talent-wise, like in depth and in their coaching, I think you got to lock them in playoffs. Celtics, Nets, Bucks, and 76ers. 
because I like the moves Daryl Morey did, getting shooting there, Danny Green a winner, um, and even who they drafted. Uh, so I, I like what they're doing. I, those four teams, I think, are locks. The Heat, the Raptors, the Pacers, the Magic. Um, Atlanta. I don't know. Atlanta. I, it, I can't put them as locks. I would say with the Raptors and the Heat, it's high likelihood that they make the playoffs. But if either one of them didn't, I wouldn't be shocked. Like, I wouldn't be like, oh, wow, how did you not? You know, because last year people had the Heat as like an eighth seed or not even making it, you know, and then this whole bubble thing happened and boom, they in the finals. So I I, I don't know. I, I, I'm i not like, I don't look at that Heat roster and I say, oh, they so talented. They're going to be a top five seed for sure. Like, I, I don't look at that. And same with the Raptors. Like, I don't look at that roster and, and say, oh, my God, their talent is so, you know, overwhelming. Um. You know, they're they're solid. They're well coached. They're pretty deep. They play defense, but the talent there to me is not overwhelming. Overwhelming to me. If you if we talking like just straight up duos, like I'm taking Bill and Russ over a lot of those a lot of those teams duos uh at the top. It's just a matter of how it's gonna work as far as the depth, you know, how much defense the Wizards play. Uh and I think right. Russ can Russ can help with that, with that intensity he brings every night. He don't take no night off. And mm-hmm. if guys are going to lack, uh, as far as guarding their man, the intensity and the hustle, he's going to get in their ass about that. So that's and one so thing I do. Yeah, yeah. That's one thing I do like about the the move. Like, you're not going to see no DJ Augustine busting our ass for 30 points, you know, against the Magic and we lose. You know, and it's one of them teams where you're sitting there like, man, we should have won that game. Um, yeah. You know, or or you playing the Cavs and, and and Sexton goes off for for thirty. Like it's just not you're not gonna see that no more. Yeah, I mean, I think I think the Wizards. You know, just looking at their roster, um, you know, versus the other teams in the East. I think on talent and just roster depth, I I like obviously the Nets, the Bucks. I like what Philly did. And of course, the Celtics. I think those are playoff locks. But I think after those four, like I like the Wizards' chances if everything meshes well. Because um, we know Russ gonna give his all in the regular season. He he don't take no nights off. So, uh, you know, I could see a scenario where they're a top five seed, top six seed, um, and they possibly get to you know they get to a second round matchup with one of the top seeds. And then that's probably where they go out. Um, but you just never know. You never know. So we'll yeah, see. I mean, looking at it from an optimistic point of view, I think that the Celtics are a lock. Um, Brooklyn? Maybe not. I mean, seriously, what if, what if KD comes back and, and is not so hot? Kyrie comes back and is not so hot. Their defense is terrible. And yeah, their defense is terrible. <laughs> and the ball I mean there's a lot of guys that need the ball on that team Karras needs the ball Dinwiddie needs the ball Kyrie needs the ball KD needs the ball I mean there's a lot of guys on that team that are going to need the basketball and do we trust uh, do we trust that under a Mike D'Antoni offense and under a rookie head coach I mean 
I don't yeah, necessarily it's a lot trust of, it. Yeah. yeah, it's a lot of it's definitely a lot of variables in that that whole equation over there. I think they just got in their mind, we just gonna get as much talent as we can and we're just gonna throw it out on the floor. And yeah, these guys are talented enough, smart enough where it'll just work itself out. So we'll see. Yeah, and then we'll see. Philly, I think, uh, obviously they upgraded their shooting, so I think they're a lock for the playoffs. And by the way, I I do think that Brooklyn is a lock as well. I'm just, I'm just saying it wouldn't surprise me if at some point they implode, um, just because of all the uncertainty, and they're going to have to add a lot of new guys uh, coming in this year, but. So the the locks for me right now in the East are Boston, Brooklyn, Philly, Toronto, um, Milwaukee, and Miami. And then I almost want to have the Pacers as a lock, but I still don't want to do that just yet. But I think that they're the next most likely team uh, to get into the playoffs. And then outside of that, I mean, you have the Wizards, the Hawks, and... um, I think that's really mm-hmm. it out of the East or in the magic that I would consider mm-hmm. that next tier. Um, Cause I mean, the Knicks, Chicago, Detroit, um, yeah. Charlotte are all not making the playoffs. There's no shot that either. They of those, need, teams... The, those teams need to get ready for this 2021 draft. That's yeah. really, really good. Yeah. Yeah. That's what they need to do. Um, um but so let's see. I mean, all those teams that are going to be in this playoff race. So that's one, two, three, four, um, five, six, seven, eight, nine teams. Really, I guess. Yeah. Um, so and you got the player. So yeah, yeah. Um, I so I think that the Wizards are going to obviously they're going to have a shot at some point. Um, I guess just the whole thing with the making the win now moves is ideally you have a roster that will get you to at least the Eastern conference finals. And I'm just not sure that I think that they have that right now. Now, who knows? Maybe Rui has um, a really good year. Thomas Bryant takes a step up defensively. Denny surprises the hell out of us and is able to score the ball a decent amount and shoot the rock pretty well. Um, Yeah. Ish Smith picks up where he left off last season. And, you know, Maybe we we talk about the potentially getting to the Eastern Conference Finals. Maybe they do surprise us. You never know. Um, but right yeah, now, just it's, with, it's the wing position for me, man. Like, yeah, like we we didn't beat this through, you know, with a drum. Like, if if they found a way to get a veteran small forward, a guy that you can look at and be like, okay, that's the guy I can throw at Tatum, Jimmy, KD, Giannis, Middleton. I could throw him at those guys every night. You know, when when we see him. I would raise that. I would raise, you know, their ceiling. But I just don't see it with the team unless, like, unless Bonga turned into, you know, prime Trevor Ariza all of a sudden. <laughs> I'm just like, I'm like, where is it coming from? And I just see like, I'm looking at the depth chart. I'm like, okay, you got Russ, you got Beal, uh, small forward is in question. You got Rui, you got. Uh, Thomas Bryant, um, bench. We already know Ish, uh, Bertans, Lopez. Those are pretty much locks. But it's like, okay, who's the backup to? Is it gonna be Jamal Robinson? Is it gonna be Matthews because of his shooting? 
uh, who's the starting small forward, who's the backup small forward, and then who who's left after that? Because whoever's left after that, what are they doing on the team? Because I mean, right. I mean, <laughs> you you going you probably during the regular season you probably gonna have a rotation that goes about nine deep, but it's like after that. If I'm if I'm Troy Brown and I can't crack the rotation, or I'm Jerome Robinson, I can't crack the rotation. Then what am I still doing here? Right, and so when you give up your All Star and a first round pick for a a, I don't want to say a superstar anymore, but an All NBA caliber player, you're in win now mode. That yes. you can. You absolutely no longer 100% cannot half-ass this. So I'm with you at this point. I think that this is a point where you look at some of the young wings that you have on your team. Someone's going to be the odd man out, and you need to try and and find some a veteran wing that can come in here and shoot the ball and can defend a little bit and screw Portland for taking Robert Covington (laughs) because he would have been – the that perfect was it. piece. That was it. That if they was able to do that with Russ, like I would have, I would have traded. I don't know. I wouldn't have traded a knife pick. But well, uh, looking if, at if, it now, now that in hindsight, now that they got Russ and traded a first round pick, I mean, yes, yeah. If they had made the Russ trade before the draft, and then we sitting at nine, Okungu not there, I'd I would have okay. been like, yeah. Trade that pick, go get Covington. Because it's win now time. Like, what are, what are we doing? We not like you don't trade for Russ to 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 try to fight for an AC. Like, no, 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 no. It's it's go yeah. time now. So go get Robert Covington. You know, and yeah. I, I mean, if they had did that, if they if it went down that way and you don't have Denny, you know, I'm looking at this team totally, you know, I got this team as a top four seed officially. And we talking about possibly going to the Eastern Conference Finals. Oh, but, I think you would have to consider us at that point heavily. Yeah. Yeah, but this wing spot, man, I think it's the I really think the wing spot is the most important position it on is. the court in today's NBA because it 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 lends to how much how versatile you are defensively, offensively. And that's where the that's where the superstars are. Those are the guys you gotta stop, man. Like, especially in the East. Like you gotta stop Tatum. You gotta stop Giannis, or at least hold him at bay. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta deal with Jimmy Butler. Like, and I'm just like, who on this roster am I confident looking at and saying, yeah, go check him? Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm just, it's not, it's not one guy on the wing I'm looking at and seeing that. Unless Denny comes in and is way more ready than than what people than what I've seen. Um, I'm just not seeing it, man. No, because right now, and, and this is no disrespect to them, but their defensive stoppers right now are Bonga and Troy Brown. That's not good. Um, <laughs> and again, all respect to them. Bonga needs a lot of work. Troy is not a terrible defender. He He's the best defender right now, I would say, overall on the team. But again, when you talk about having to guard Jimmy Butler, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, um, you're going to need to put a bigger body on Ben Simmons. Um, you know, Giannis, I know Rui did okay against Giannis uh, last year, but um, who else am I missing in the East? TJ Warren. Um, 
I mean, there's guys out there that you need to be able to have patient, fundamentally sound wing defenders to put on those guys. And Bonga's an instant foul machine. And I know that we can talk about how the NBA officiates and calls a game because there is a lot of tic-tac-y fouls. But if I'm a coach, you don't want to just keep putting the blame on the refs. You need to do what you can to prepare your guys to play defense properly and and the, the way that's going to be correct in the referee's eyes. And Bonga did not do that last year. Um, yeah. So yeah. I he just doesn't that- shoot it enough. I, I just think Bonga is a risk averse player. Like, like I, 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 I look at the advanced stats just like anybody else. And it's like, it's cool, but advanced stats don't win you basketball games on the court. Like, you know, when I, when I watch him play, I see a guy that, that like, again, is risk averse. He keeps, he keeps his play to a minimum. He stays within what he does, and he does not deviate out of it at all. But it's like, we're trying to win now. So, like, I'm going to need you to take more than than eight shots per 100 possessions. Like, that is, like, super, super low. Like, you got guys that are, like, eighth knife man on the bench that put up more shots than that. Like, if you're going to be a starter, I need you to be a threat. Uh, like, like we're not doing the whole Andre Robertson situation where you're just out there to guard and you're literally it's it's you know it's it's four on five on offense. Like we we can't we can't do that. No, um, at least you need to be comfortable enough to pull the trigger on on those set three pointers that he is going to see a ton of this year. Whoever starts at the three, whether it's Denny Rome. Uh, Troy or um, Bonga, I mean, you guys are going to have to be already set. Your feet need to be set because when you catch that ball, you're going to need to put it up because I know that we talked about Wall's game and how he's going to attract a lot of attention. Guys, if if you think John's going to attract a lot of attention, what do you think Russ is going to gain her when he's attacking at the rim and is ready to dunk on like everybody? So the, the corner threes and the wing threes are going to be so important and the guys have to be ready to shoot them. So I hope that one of the main focuses for those wings and even for guys like Rui heading into the season is your set threes need to be on point because if we cannot hit those shots, we are not going to even make it to the second round. They, they got to be able to hit shots this year. And I know that they score the ball pretty well, but you're going to score a lot of points when you go up and down the court the entire time. But again, you can score 130 points all you want. If you give up 150, um, you know, it doesn't really matter. And context is everything. You can put up 130, but if you missed a lot of your shots, um, you know, I mean, you'll be able to tell on tape, like, okay, they put up a lot of points, but we really shouldn't be taking this team that seriously on offense. That's kind of how I felt about the wizards last year. Like, I mean, if you take Bertans out for that entire season, I mean, are we really that good offensively? I mean, probably not. Probably not. Yeah, probably not. Because there's no other threat. Like, I mean, when Bertans and Bill were on the court, you you had one of the best offenses in in history. But just just taking one of them out of the equation, you basically it's like cutting a limb off. Like, yeah, <laughs> you know. So. It, it's it's one of the things you know the margins are thin you know with this team like you know I feel like Russ 
Russ Beal Bertans is a hell of a trio. Um, mm-hmm. If you had to put two guys around Russ, those would be the type of guys you would want to put around him, like yes. knockdown shooters. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it, it's going to be interesting. I'm, I'm, we, we'll see how you know the lineups go. I'm wondering if we see a situation where Rui plays more off the bench, plays more with the bench five, because you have a Russ now who needs shooters, like he needs them, where you're seeing him more with Bertans in the lineup than you do with Rui in the lineup, even though Rui is the starter. Uh, so right. I, I, we'll, we'll see. We'll, we'll see. Or does Rui go play small forward, you know, like they've been talking about? I, I don't know, man. I, 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 I don't I just, think he's I, ready for that yet. I don't either. I don't either. Although but, he did look, he did look really good versus Kawhi. I, I yes. must acknowledge that. He looked and very Giannis. good versus Kawhi and Giannis, which is so crazy to me. Yeah. Um, so I think that you make a good point there with Rui playing with the bench because I the three guys that can go, like th- that you want to go and get a bucket on, on that starting lineup are going to be Russ, Beal, and Rui. And Rui has to get his buckets if he's going to be involved in the game in a positive manner. Because we saw in the bubble, when he doesn't get his touches, he starts to force up shots. And and I know that he was a rookie and all that, but, I mean, really only a second-year player at coming into a year when, I mean, I know realistically they're not going to do it, but the expectation is to go out there and compete for a championship and to at least get to the Eastern Conference Finals, in my opinion. I would imagine that, They'll never come out and say that, but I think that's the goal. And so I think that when you you have to maximize your players to their full ability, and I think that that does mean having Rui with the second unit, because I'll tell you what, they tried to do that with Otto, and Rui is is better than Otto. Um, Yes. So (laughs) I feel like what nobody say about no advanced numbers or shooting numbers, give me Rui. Yeah, I tell I you feel, what, you put Isaiah Thomas on Rui in a playoff series, he's going to eat that man alive. Yep, that's an easy 35. He's going to eat that man alive, man. You yeah. ain't, you're not hiding no five foot nine point guard on Rui. I can tell you that right now. No, um, because, I mean, he, he's not shy. He'll shoot it over you. He, he'll shoot it from three. He'll attack you off the bounce. He'll attack you in transition. He has an excellent mid-range game. Um, yeah, that's. So, I mean, a mid range fadeaway, his little mid range, that's a layup for him. It like, is. Even watching him in his workouts, like he's so comfortable there. Uh, it's funny seeing it because you would think guys that come up now watching basketball, they would shy away from that type of play. But I think because so many guys have shied away from it, that can that could be an advantage for Rui, especially in the playoffs when the game slows down and you just need a bucket. Like you don't care if it comes for two, your legs are tired. You know you you're trying to shoot 30 footers and they short because you didn't play 40 minutes, five nights, you know, in a row, like you're going to need a guy that can just get an easy two inside of that, that, that painted area. Um, I mean, it's just fundamental basketball. It hasn't changed. So I don't want to take that away from Rui. I don't want him to stop shooting the midi, you know, and become this three point, you know, no, yeah. Over depending on threes. Like, nah, keep that part of your game because that's what I think can make him special, actually. So we'll, we'll, we'll see how it goes, man. 
Yeah, I mean, and again, I, I'm not comparing the overall talent, but man, when he shoots those minis sometimes, I mean, he looks exactly like Carmelo <laughs> Anthony. He just does. Ah, boy, they're going to be after you off of that. <laughs> yeah. That's, it's, 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 that's what he reminds me of. I mean, that's his favorite. That's his favorite player, right? Didn't he say that was who he looked up? That's who he modeled his game after of when he was coming into U.S. basketball. Yeah, wasn't it Melo? Yep. So yep. I mean, yeah, yeah, it, it makes sense, man. Like that. That's 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 super crazy. That you know, that was the player he liked, and you know, you watch him, just how effortlessly he elevates like that. That's. So we'll see, man. We'll see. I think it's interesting, though. It's rare you see rookies shoot, you know, 82% from the free throw line, especially front court players. Um, they usually yeah. take a little bit of time to get to that. So I'm encouraged about his jump shot. I'm more encouraged about his jumper than I am Troy Browns, if I'm being honest. Yeah, 100%. And again, the whole thing with Carmelo is it's not a talent comparison. It's just some of the tendencies you see and how they get their shots off. I mean, it's just it's remarkably similar to me. Yeah. So um, and you can tell he tries to model his game after him because the things that they do on the court, especially in that mid-range area, are, again, remarkably similar. Um, yeah. I mean, I like that he just gets to it. Like, he yeah, has a spot yeah. on the floor. He gets to the spot and he elevates. He's not going to dance. He's not going to try to play with the ball, turning it over and all of that. No, get to your spot, elevate, be athletic, shoot over top of him. Like, Get the bucket. I don't care how you get it. Just get it. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I guess just the last thing that we'll really touch on here uh, before we get off is just let's just talk more about the bench for a second. Um, yeah. I just kind of want to get your overall thoughts on this. So, I mean, we talked about this on Twitter with Oz the other day, but I – I'm just not so sure that guys should be expecting a huge roll out of Garrison Matthews. I think he's going to get some minutes, and who knows, they, they may leave that last roster spot open, and then maybe Garrison Matthews quickly takes that over, and then they give uh, someone from the go-go that other two-way spot. But I just don't yeah. think that right now to start the season that Wizards fans can expect too much from Garrison Matthews. And I know that he's a great off-platform shooter, Um he can light it up with the best of them, but just overall game, uh, I'm just not so sure that he's going to be cracking the rotation right away. So that takes out a potential shooter out of the lineup. Um, again, I'm just, and when you look at the wing position, I mean, they're the best shooter in that second unit, assuming, uh, I mean, taking away Bertans is Jerome Robinson, who is not terrible. Um, but I mean, I guess. can shoot it, man. No, he can't. No, he can't. And I was on the Jerome train as soon as we got him. I said, this guy is going to be really good. Next year, you can already go ahead and pencil him in as the backup, too. And that was only after a few games. And then he played really well in the bubble. And I guess Ish Smith, he didn't shoot bad from three last year. He actually surprised oh. me a little bit. He was about league average. That's, I mean, yeah. that's what you, I mean, that's, that's about what I would, that's about as best you can expect from an Ish Smith. Uh, yeah. shooting the ball. Like, if he going to shoot league average about 36% from three on about three attempts, I'll take that, man. Because he's so yeah. dynamic with the ball in his hand, his speed, transition, finding guys. Like, he's a point guard's point guard. I I like – I think he's one of the best backup point guards in the league. I'd say him, probably Rondo, Jeff Teague, uh, Schroeder. I don't know if he's starting or not, but 
Yeah, I would say I those are probably the, those 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 are probably your top backup point guards in the NBA right now. Um, yeah, Dinwiddie, a I lot guess. worse than yeah, Dinwiddie, yeah, Dinwiddie. Um, yeah, those those guys, those are probably your top backup point guards in the league, man. Because after them, it gets really bare, you know. <laughs> and I so. I will say this outside of. Robin Lopez, and I think he's still going to fit in nicely. But I mean, you got guys, your top nine, 10, 11 guys are going to be ready to run the floor. Um, and, and I They're know young. they better be. And, and we'll go back more <laughs> to the bench here in a second. But I mean, you got Russ, Beal, you got Troy, Denny. I mean, all these guys ish, all these guys are going to be ready to get up the floor in a hurry and run in transition. So that excites me a little bit, I guess, which would hopefully take away some of the inefficiency in the half court that we may have um yeah but i like that they have a lot of young athletes and that's why again i really like the addition of denny because he is a guy who has a high motor he's gonna play 100 miles per hour like russ he's he's not gonna be russ of course (laughs) and he's not gonna have that same intensity that russ has or the same athleticism that russ has but he's a guy who's just gonna run up and down the court and um play at a high pace with high energy. And I, and I like that. And I think that's only going to benefit yeah. like, guys like Bertans, um, Rui, Thomas Bryant, because Thomas Bryant is an underrated rim runner, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I think people forgot because Wall wasn't playing. Like, that was how he got on. Like, his yeah. rim running ability, that pick and roll, man, he was dunking everything. He had, like, one of the highest uh, field goal rates in the paint, like, ever. So, like, he... Yeah, he's solid. And, and honestly, looking at his offensive numbers, I was saying the other day, like he's one of the most efficient five men in the league. He like is. his numbers is up there with Carl Anthony Towns and John Collins and uh, Anthony Davis. Like he's that efficient of a big man offensively. If he can just get average on the defensive end, you're talking about a guy that could be an all star. But we, you know, is if he could get that defense there, that's a big ask though. Because uh, I don't know if he has the instincts for it. I think with defense, a lot of it's just natural instincts that you just have um, yeah. combined with the athleticism. I don't know that he has that, but you never know. You never know. Um, but, but yeah, man, I, I think just regarding the bench, though, I mean, they had a top five bench last year. I think guys moving into their proper roles, like Ishmith not being a starter. Mm-hmm. Uh Troy Brown not being a starter, uh, I think that helps your bench. Uh, you, you're taking yeah. out uh, uh, Mo Wagner and you're putting in a vet in uh, Lopez who gives you that defensive presence rebounding. I think that makes your bench even better, especially putting him next to Bertans who wants to shoot it. Um, I think they got one of the better bench units in the league, honestly. Um, yeah. If, when I'm looking, when I'm looking at their bench, like I don't, I don't have any major question marks about their bench. Like I could plug a guy in to yeah. every position on their bench and feel okay about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas, like you know, how we were talking about with Houston, or even if you look at like Golden State's bench, like it's a bunch of G League guys on that on their bench. Um, yeah, absolutely. You know, so it's like uh, even even the Sixers. Like you look at the Sixers bench, it's like. uh Who's coming off of it? Who, who's on their bench? Like, I, 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 you know, their starting five is really good, but the, the Pacers, too. Who's coming off the Pacers bench uh, that really moves the needle at all? Um, Jeremy Lamb? 
is he going to be healthy? And then I guess Justin. I feel Holland. like I haven't seen Jeremy Lamb play in like four years. <laughs> like, is he healthy? I thought he was. Maybe he's not. I don't. I know he ain't played much last year or the year before that. So I'm like, what? Mm-hmm. He kind of just getting checks, man. Uh, obviously, the Nets have a really good bitch bench. Um, you know, you got Dinwiddie, you got Joe Harris. I mean, them DeAndre dudes are Jordan. for real. DeAndre Jordan, uh, them dudes are starters for real. So they probably got one of the best yeah. bench units in the NBA. But um, even even the Celtics, like I'm looking at the Celtics, uh, who's coming off the Celtics bench? Because if you start in Marcus Smart now, who's coming off that bench? Um, um, off the top of my head, I can think of no one. Yeah, like it's a bunch of rookies, second-year guys. Like it ain't no vets that, you know, Really? That's actually let me go look at that real quick because I haven't looked at their roster in a while. Oh, oh yeah, Jeff Teague, they'll be great. Yeah, so that's and they needed him because they needed a stabilizer at that backup point guard spot to kind of keep them youngest in line. But beyond that, like, yeah, wow, they really don't have. I mean, Tristan <laughs> Thompson, I guess, but. And Robert got, Williams, I guess. Robert because Williams. you're assuming Daniel Tice is going to start. Um, Romeo Langford. Neesmith it's not that impressive. It's not you know that what I'm saying? Impressive. Like, it's, 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 a little, it's a little weak. It's uh, sus. It's <laughs> sus. Yeah, it's a little weak. Um, I'm looking at who else we got in the East here. Uh, like I said, we went through the Pacers. Obviously, is they Miami's have a solid... bench still good? Because they lost, I feel like they lost some bodies. Uh, they lost. They Derek lost Jones Jay Crowder, Jr. right? They lost. Yeah, Derek Jones. Uh, well, Crowder was a starter, right? I thought he was. Well, no, 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 he wasn't. No, no, had, he wasn't. They were starting. Uh, the uh, the big boy that could shoot. Uh, oh, they were starting him next to Bam or Myers um, Leonard. Myers Leonard, right, yeah. right, 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 right. So I'm wondering, did he go back to them? Yeah, Myers Leonard is back. Um, Duncan Robinson was that other starter. Um, okay, well, yeah, no, the Heat got a bench because they got Iggy, Harkless, got Harkless Avery Bradley, okay, Precious. Yeah. Yeah, they got fine. a bench. You got Kendrick Nunn. They got a bench. You got Duncan Robinson and Hero and Avery Bradley. Yeah, they got a bench. That's that's yeah. a that's a good bench there. Milwaukee has a good bench. Um, what about Philly? What's Philly's bench looking like? Let me see. Their bench is not. It's not looking good at all, actually. Like, uh, you okay. got Dwight Howard at center. You got Mike Scott. I guess Thibault. Uh, I don't know Alec who Burks. Two is uh, probably Alec Burks. Hold up, they got Alec Burks. I thought he went somewhere else. Oh, it says he's on the roster here. Oh, you know what? I think I did see something about. No, he's with. Um, I could have sworn he went. Is he with else. OKC now? Because I, I think he's with the Knicks, man. Yeah, he's with the Knicks. Oh, yeah. Yes, he is with the Knicks. Yes, yes, yes. Um, he can play, too. That I mean, if he was still with them, that would be good. But I, Okay. Yeah, so, I guess you're talking about Tybal and then Shake Milton then. Right, right. Milton, uh, Milton, played, Milton played pretty well. Uh, I mean, I guess it's a solid enough bench. Uh, I'm not scared. It's but- not. Yeah, it's not. I don't see no Bertans on that bench. Nope. I don't. I don't see an Ish Smith there. That, yeah, like I, 
So I'm just, you know, just stacking them up against other Eastern competition. Uh, the Raptors. Uh, I feel like the Raptors don't guard? really have a bench. Um, I'm looking at Malachi Flynn, backup point guard. Norman Powell. Bell Van Vliet, unless he starts. He's starting. He's starting. But you got Norman Powell behind him. He can play. Uh, uh, I'm not a Norm guy. Stanley Johnson? No. Ew. DeAndre Brimbley? Yeah. I don't even know who their backup power forward is, man. Like, these dudes I ain't never heard of. Bruno? Um, Bruno's probably the, their backup, either their four or their five. Bruno? You talking about from from Maryland? Bruno Cabloco or Bruno, whatever. Uh, is he still on the team? I'm not seeing him on this depth chart. Maybe he... He resigned, I, I think. Uh, let me double check. Um, they got... They got Chris Boucher, Alex Lynn behind Aaron Baines. I actually think the Raptors got worse. Oh, Bruno's on the Rockets now. Oh, crap. Yeah, so I was like, he got moved. So I'm I'm like, ugh. Okay, so we might be better off than originally thought. I think the Raptors got a little worse, man. And we talked about Ibaka and Mark Gasol. Like, that was their defense. Like, that, those were your anchors in that front court. And Siakam was awful in the playoffs. Awful. So, <laughs> so, I mean, really, maybe we're better off than we thought. Um, of course, you got to see it on the court, but. You got to see it. So, yeah. maybe Toronto isn't a lock then. That's, that's what I'm saying. When I was looking, because I was playing 2K playing yesterday. Boston. I'm, it's looking a little suspect. You know, they lost two key guys in Marcus Gasol and Baca. They both went west. It's not like to an Eastern Conference team. They went west. So it's like replaced them with lessons. You basically replaced them with Aaron Baines, and that's it. Like, I, I nah, that's not, <laughs> that's not yeah. cutting it, man. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm, 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 I like the Wizards bench. If we're talking just in the East, I, I like it. This is bench right there with anybody with the exception of the Nets. Yeah. And yeah, so yeah, maybe we're not as bad off as we thought. Yeah, I would say probably the Nets, the Bucks got a solid bench. Um, and the Heat, those three. I would put the Wizards right in that group with those three teams as far as bench play. It's just it's just a matter of what that that small forward spot, that starting small forward spot to me is going to be. Yeah. That's definitely, I mean, that's going to, that position is going to be the make or break of this season because we know what Russ is going to do. We know what Brad's going to do. Um, we're assuming that Bertans is going to come back and uh, pick up where he left off. I, I could see it being a problem if he were not to, um, but I have all the confidence in him in the world. Um, yeah. We know the five spots going to be kind of a steady position. So really, um, we need we need to get a lot out of uh, the three spot this year. I mean that that's again that's going to be the make or break of the season. So, um, yeah. and it's not like they have to do anything fancy. It's just defend average to above average, and I, I mean just at least put up a fight against some of those guys that, again that are going to have the ball in the Eastern Conference and shoot the ball when you're open and, and then capitalize. So yeah. Again, one it doesn't have to mention, be anything fancy. One I didn't mention that I'm looking at now that has a solid bench is the Hawks because you added Rondo. Oh, yes. 
Yes. You're moving Herder to the bench now with uh, Bogdan coming in. Uh, you got Tony Snell. You got Gallo possibly off the bench. And then Okongu, who you just drafted. That's a good Yeah, but if we were to play the Hawks in a playoff series tomorrow, I would be more concerned about how they're going to stop Russ and Beal more than we're going to be concerned <laughs> yeah. about how to stop Trey Young and whoever else. Yeah, because so, where the hell do you hide um, Trey Young? Good lord! You, you can't unbong that, I guess. But but see, can, that's yeah, probably a situation. See, that's, that's probably a situation where you probably put a lot more Troy Brown in than Bonga because, and then you can either post up him or Rui on Trey Young and either let one of those two guys go to work. Because yeah, Trey, that would be a situation. That would be a game. That would be a series if it, if it happened. Yeah, or, or matchup where I could see them starting Rui at the small forward spot because his yes. size and athleticism, you wouldn't be able to hide Trey nowhere. You wouldn't be able to yeah. do it because you're not going to put Trey on Russell Westbrook or Beal. You're not going to put no. him on Rui, Bertans, and damn sure not Thomas Bryant. So, like, who the hell does he guard? Yeah, he's the only person <laughs> I can see him guarding successfully is Bonga, and that's just because he doesn't really do anything. Because he don't shoot. You know he ain't going to shoot. Right, and that's the that's the calculation Boston took with, with you know, against Otto. You know, they're yeah. like, well, you know, he's just not going to shoot. Just get up under him, stick to his hip, and he's not going to be aggressive. And you're right. With Bonga, you're going to see the same thing. So, But if you put Rui at that spot – you're screwed. You got the guard, Rui. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I, I'm interested to see how how it all plays out, man. Uh, like I say, if they got a top five seed, I wouldn't be surprised by that. Like, I really would not at all. No, I mean, especially now looking at everyone's depth. Um, I mean, when you think of the other teams, you typically just think about their starting fives and maybe a guy or two off the bench. But when you look at the bigger picture, and um, before the season starts, we'll get back on here and. We can do more of an in-depth look at, at how we'll fare on the East, but, uh, you know, we, we may be all right. Um, you know, the Wizards could probably – they could shock some people. Um, you know, it's yeah. not going to surprise me, but I think that that's a good place to leave it on for today because uh, we've been on here for a little bit. But I definitely always enjoy the conversation, and we'll definitely be back on soon with you guys when we get closer to the season. We'll kind of uh, can give more of a season outlook. Uh, we'll – talk about the early stretch of the schedule that we have and we'll um recap all the press conferences with the players and i'm sure those will be really interesting to touch on so um anything else you got before we get out of here well, that's it man I'm, I'm ready for the season to go i missed basketball man <laughs> yeah i mean it, it, it's so weird because it felt like it happened so long ago but at the same time it's like this literally just happened yesterday um with the bubble yeah. so uh, but definitely glad that it's all back Thank you guys for tuning in once again. We will be back with you soon.